Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am Denise, your host. I am the founder of Hope in Christ Ministries, and we are um, a book club, podcast, and a blog ministry. Here at Hope in Christ, we are made healthy, we're overcomers, we're purposed, and we maintain an eternal perspective with Christ as our center focus. Thank you for joining me today. Let's open with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin today's show. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, O oh God. We thank you for another day. We thank you for who you are, O oh God, in our lives, O oh God. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak through us, O oh God. You would have your way, Lord God. You would draw many to this podcast, to this episode, O oh God, that they would know that you are the truth and that there is no other, O oh God. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for the minister today, O oh God. We thank you for her testimony. We thank you for her ministry, O oh God. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just speak through her, O oh God. And we thank you, O oh God, for her joining us. We thank you for those that are in need in this cold weather, O oh God. We pray for them. Yeah. We pray for your healing. We pray for your covering. We pray for shelter, O oh God. And we thank you for who you are, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. So today's show, we have uh, Minister Annie Bell. And a little bit about Minister Annie Bell. She is an author, a teacher, Christian counselor, wealth coach, anti-child abuse and sex trafficking advocate. Um, And also, I have the privilege of being her friend, and I thank her for being a coach to me as well. Thank you, Minister Annie Bell, for joining me today. Um, Can you begin to tell us about your journey into ministry? Yes, and I do want to say thank you. Thank you for opening up your your podcast for me to come on board and share um, about the goodness of God. And um, sure, my, uh, I guess, walk into ministry was a bit rocky. It was a rocky start initially. I was not raised up in the church, and um, I heard about this Jesus, and I heard about a God, but, um, and, you know, I went to church maybe, it was very sporadic. Every once in a while, I find, my, find myself in a church with my mom, or um, I remember the Sunday school bus would come and sometimes uh, we would be allowed to go. And so uh, I didn't know uh, about the power uh, and the authority that, that Jesus gives us when we are uh, integrated and, 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 and grafted in. And so um, when I say Rocky, the, my childhood, starting from the age of five, uh, I was molested first by a uh, uncle in Korea, and uh, that's where I was born. And then when we came to United States, there was another family member who molested me from the age of six all the way to 14. And uh, the sexual molestation left me very scarred initially, and I found myself uh, having made it through and survived the, the molestation and the uh, physical and mental emotional abuse. And some that have already gone through that understand or who are going through that right now understand that 
sexual abuse is not just a vacuum. There's not just one aspect. When, when you're being sexually abused, there's the mental um, and the physical abuse uh, sometimes that come with it. And so the aftermath of the abuse lasted far longer than the actual abuse itself. And the memories, the flashbacks, you know, didn't know at the time that what I was experiencing was PTSD. Um, and so I didn't have uh, this God. I didn't know about this God that I could have leaned on. And so I went through a very rocky road of, um, you know, hating. I hated people. I hated if they even if they even mentioned God. I even hated that because I hated you know I hated God for a while because I said if there is a God, why would He let such awful things happen to good good people, little children? Um, and so if anyone even mentioned God or wanted to try to uh, convert or bring me into the fold, I mean they would get a cussing, um, a cussing out, and they you know I've even had employees who tried to, uh, you know, talk to me about Christ. And I, I flat out told them, I said, you come in my office with this Christ mess, I will fire you. And so that's how I had gotten so callous. I had gotten, um, there was so much hurt. And I was very successful in the corporate world, but my personal life was a complete mess, whether it be relationships with men, um, picking the wrong ones, and, um, just, you know, all that you go through. I mean, it's hard enough in relationships without Christ, but to um, not have Christ and have all this emotional baggage was even, uh, even worse. So at the age of 30 is when I finally, finally came to the call and the unctioning of the Lord and um, therein beginning uh, my ministry. So, um, uh, and I don't know if you want me to go ahead and state what, what my ministry is. My, um, I am the founder and the executive director of Wealth Management Ministries, Incorporated. And we endeavor to bridge the gap between the rich and the poor through financial counseling, uh, excuse me, financial education and Christian counseling. And um, so we go out, we teach uh, the, about the money management, uh, everything from the basics of how to, you know, reconcile your bank account all the way to advanced investing. And we also, uh, we teach the underserved, so uh, the youth and the underserved. But we'll go anywhere. We've taught in corporate settings. We've gone to the housing authority, churches, and other um, organizations. Anywhere that we uh, can help, that's where we go. Our Christian counseling arm is where we uh, also have, uh, of course, our counseling, life coaching, wealth coaching, and um, addictions counseling. But we also have a, uh, the, the counseling side, we also have a radio show. Uh, we actually have a whole radio network, but we have a radio show on addiction and uh, also on the uh, talk therapy for survivors of sex trafficking and uh, child abuse. And through that, I have written a book as well, and it's called I Rain, which is the name of my radio show as well. And um, we also train and teach prevention. Uh, we are also getting into the legislative work right now as well this year, and we are uh, hoping to make 
legislative changes so that we can ensure not only the prevention, but that there is help when somebody has gone through um, the violation of abuse. Amen, amen. And I was just listening to your many, many, many um, arms of your ministry. And uh, one question I had is, how do you balance it all? As um, in your ministry, being that there are many components, how do you balance it all? And it it is rough, but I am a uh, one. I have to seek God, and He leads me. Uh, there are times when I have to put stuff down and work on another item or um, or what have you in that season. And so uh, he has also taught me how to keep throw up many balls and keep all the balls in the air. So um, that is one way. And I'm also uh, a huge proponent of time management and actually gone through courses to make sure that I can manage my daily um, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual calendar to make sure that I am equally dispersing the amount of time and energy that it that each arm needs in order to um, to continue to grow and thrive. But I, I have to say that my my the biggest portion is me leaning on the leading of God. Amen. Amen. And um, another question I have is um, in ministry, I know um, there are times it can be um, not difficult, but I, it can be difficult, but God has called us to it. Um, has there ever been a time where, you know, you just felt like, oh, Lord, I mean, in, in any area where you just felt discouraged? Um, probably the easier question is, is there an area where I haven't felt discouraged? Um, every day. Sometimes, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll hit lows, um, but every day when there is, um, because there's a lot, there's a lot, not only the daily regimen, the running of it, you know, the daily vigor of it, but the, working in the area of ministry that I'm in, uh, there is a huge attack, spiritual attack. Um, money management, because the enemy wants to keep uh, God's people impoverished so that they are unable to uh, do the things that God has told them to do. Um, and, and, and poverty actually is another trauma. A lot of people don't understand that the lack of finances to, to care for your day-to-day -day needs is traumatic. Um, so, and then you, and then I'm also into the, uh, we're into the addictions area and we're also into the, um, you know, uh, helping to, to prevent child abuse and sex trafficking. So if you think about it spiritually, I mean, we're hitting on some mega spiritual warfare. That in and of itself causes, um, causes us to, to, to daily have to seek God for strength daily having to seek God for um, warfare strategies, uh, daily, it's sometimes minute to minute, you know, where we're just like, okay, God, are you sure you called me into this thing, you know? And, but through God and through prayer and through, and through understanding that 
you know, this is a need, we keep, yet we keep on going. And, um, and, he'll, and, and when we are at a very low, when we're really discouraged, I'm going to tell you, God will send someone to bless you, whether it is to speak into a word of encouragement, whether it's to pray your strength, whether it's a, um, you know, a sign from him that only you and him know that it's from him um, because it's a private conversation, you know, he'll send that which is, is refreshing. And it talks about it even, you know, when, uh, when Ishmael and his mother were sent away and, uh, by, by Sarah. And she was, uh, you know, so discouraged while she was trying to find her way through the desert, she thought she was going to die. So she didn't want Ishmael, her son, to see her die. So, he, so she put him um, uh, away, and she was going to walk away so that he would not see her die. But God, in the Bible it said God peeled, her, you know, peeled away the scales so she could see the oasis. And so sometimes we may be in the desert and sometimes we feel so discouraged, but God will bring and send a sign or bring something to, to refresh our spirit, to renew our strength, um, and, and so that we can continue on our task. Amen. Amen. Um, and we definitely need that. And I also... Um just remembered also that your um, son is an author as well, and so that's another juggling that um, you all have to uh, have to do. Um, and I wanted to yes. ask, as far as well, um, you know, teaching him at his age, wealth mm-hmm. management, and also giving because he he gives and his his ministry of his own. So how do you break it down to his understanding? Um, just for you know, with me having sixth graders and, and trying to get them to understand that it's not all about Nikes and, and Jordans and all of this stuff. It's about mm-hmm. what are you going to do in your future or who are you going to get back to? So how do you get that message across um, to him at his um, young age? Amen. First of all, I do want to preface. He is a rambunctious seven-year-old boy. He is a boy of boys. So um, it is, uh, you know, sometimes it is trying. I I tell you, sometimes I have to pray and be like, Lord, help me. But um, my son, I believe my son and my daughter, because that is the atmosphere we have in our home. Um, we're all about ministry. We're all yes, we we definitely take time out because you know I'm a big proponent of traveling and um, spending time with our family, and and we we schedule that in. We are very purposed in doing that. But they see us on a daily grind of helping people, um, and so I believe that it's. It's just ingrained in them. That's what they know to do. We talk about it. Um, and But I am, I, we were a bit shocked when my son, and his name is Uriah, which means God is my light. At the age of five, he would, when he first uh, saw a homeless person, he was moved with compassion. And I believe that came from Christ. Um, I, I don't think it was anything we actually did. I believe that just came from Christ. And because we have that atmosphere of ministry and giving and stuff like that. It, um, it caught, it, it, the, the kindling was ripe, you know what I mean? 
And so um, he was just moved with compassion about, okay, there is, are you trying to tell me there are people who, who have to stay, live outside because they can't afford housing and, he, and don't have enough uh, money to buy food and stuff like that. And so every, almost every day, I just, out of nowhere, he would spontaneously just drop on his knees and begin praying to God. And, um, and at first I was like, you know, the first couple of times he did it, I thought, oh, that's so cute. Well, praise the Lord. You know, Lord, I pray that you hear his prayer. But he was doing it so often. I said, I said to my husband, honey, we have to make sure we nurture this um, and continue to fan the flames. And so um, we started talking to him about, you know, well, what, why, do you, why are you praying? And he said he feels so sad. And so we helped him to connect with the compassion, compassionate heart. And, um, and then talking about, well, what can we do? What, do you have any ideas? And we would talk about some of the things that we could do to help. And so um, we would get, he, I always had to have money, um, loose change or some kind of cash because anytime we saw a homeless person, he would not rest until we put something in their hand, whether it was food, whether it was money. Um, one time I didn't have money, so he said, Mom, go to McDonald's, buy him a Happy Meal. <laughs> Again, he's, you know, he's five and six years old, so he, he's like, you know, give him a Happy Meal, Mommy. He needs something to eat. And I, we would, you know, go and use our debit card to get him something to eat. So otherwise, he would not allow us to rest. I mean, he, I mean one time I just, we were short on time. I didn't have cash, and we, I had to keep going. He would not let it rest for the whole day. And so, um, again, I think it's recognizing early what God has um, placed in our children and pulling that out and um, instilling, uh, instilling in, the, in their, our children that this life is not just about us, but that we are uh, a, a, a connector to the other person and what they may need and what they may be able to, others may be able to sow into us, we can sow into them. And so it's an ever-exchanging um, situation living on this earth. And so we try to instill that in them at a young age of uh, giving back and, and thinking beyond the box and saying, how can I help? And so and that's how his ministry, um, Uriah's Bag of Hope, actually began. And, um, and we gave our first bag out to a, a guy, a homeless man named Kevin, who lived in the uh, Lithonia Park. And um, that was uh, his first real bag you know, other than the McDonald's or the um, or the food that we might give somebody, but or the money, but a real bag filled with T-shirts and slippers and stuff like that, and and that caught the attention of someone who told me about a grant, and so he was received a grant um, uh, this year when he was uh, when he was six when he was seven years old, he received a grant from uh, Youth Services of America. And, uh, and we were able, he was able to feed uh, 110 ch- uh, children within families uh, uh, that, that year. We also ta- taught them how to, I'm sorry, not this year. I'm, this is a new year. So it was in 2017. So um, we were, he was able to um, give out bags of uh, food that had a complete meal, dinner for a family of four, including 
a dessert that could be made at home and um, so that they can sit around and talk. We also did a quick 30-minute money management course and also how to raise vegetables out of a container, container gardening, and um, so that we can, again, not just put fish in the hands of people, but teach them how to fish as well. So we gave out containers with um, soil and seed uh, to the the people who came to um, receive the bags. And so that was a a complete thing. He also received a um, a letter of recognition recognition from Governor Deal uh, here in Georgia. So, but... That, that's pretty much it, you know. We have to fan the flames as parents, um, try to recognize what the gifts are. I, we, we prayed, uh, my husband and I would always pray, Lord, show us what our children's gifts are, where their talents are that you have given them so that we can start them at a young age, um, connecting them to it. Amen, amen. That's a blessing, and um, I just continue to pray for him to continue to go forth and um, even as a young, so that other young people can see that in him as Amen. well. And um, also, have you um, held any workshops with kids um, with your ministry and any um, any component of your ministry? Have you held any children's workshops? Sure. We teach uh, youth of, uh, money management. And it's called uh, Living, uh, Living Your Dreams, A Strategy in Finance. Um, so I have a youth version of that. So I say that we can teach anyone who is 7 to 70 years old um, about money management. And so, uh, so yes, we do uh, teach that. And also when we taught the component with Uriah's Back of Hope, we, there were also kids in there as well. So, yes, we do. Um, also, in your um, sex trafficking and um, child abuse um, ministry, um, is there a way that women or children or whoever can reach out to you, or do they reach out to you for prayer or anything like that in that component? Yes, ma'am. Um, it, yes, we have the Christian counseling arm, and we my area uh, of ministry or forte is, um, those who have gone through abuse. So whether it's youth or whether they're adults, we I do have a uh, our Christian counseling arm uh, counsels those who may call in. I also have um, we do, we do t- uh, training and prevention training as uh, as well for youth as well as adults because we have to in order to prevent we have to bring awareness. And so we do have uh, trainings that go on, uh, that, and we are about to start that on a monthly basis. And the prevention arm of our ministry is called Prevention Works Joint Task Force and Coalition. And this particular coalition is about to span across the United States and into um, other countries. We have about, we, we just launched it, uh, did a soft launch in, de- uh, in December. And, um, and we're doing our major launch in February. And uh, basically, affiliate offices are able to open up um, uh, in cities, neighborhoods across the United States so that they can have the same um, 
training that we offer, and so it will be fluid and seamless. Because what I found out, what I figured out is while being in this advocacy role for, uh, for so many years is that uh, we have an organization here or an organization there, and they are working somewhat in a vacuum. So they're, they're affecting as many people as they are able to affect in that vacuum. And, um, but the, but the, the two never really talk to each other. They never work together. And so um, it, there's a gap in between those two vacuums. And so if you kind of use that visual and span it across the United States, there's going to be gaps all across the United States and the world. And so through Prevention Works, what we're doing is you maintain your own organization and, uh, and, and entity, but what we create is a networking of shared ideas, shared training um, that is uh, uh, continuous um, and that is um, that, you know, fluid so that we can bridge gaps that are around and make sure that everybody knows that uh, what does sex trafficking look like? What does a victim look like? Um, what does a, you know, how can a, the average Joe, average citizen uh, do when they see a child being abused, neglected? Um, who do I call? Uh, and a lot of times what I also found is that uh, you know, our average citizen, they think, okay, well, it's not either none of my business. I don't want to, what is, I don't even know. Maybe it's not child abuse. Well, you don't even have to be, a perf- you don't have to be an expert at it. All you, if, if, you, if something inside of you is alarmed um, and, and you feel like, hey, this child could be in danger, you call the authorities, you call the professionals and let them come out and uh, investigate it. And if there's nothing going on, everything is fine. If something is going on, then you yourself may have just um, saved a life. And so those type of training is what we're uh, trying to do and make, making sure that everybody has the resources and the knowledge uh, so that we can stop this epidemic. It is an epidemic of, I mean, huge proportions that has gone on for too long. Mm-hmm. Amen. I agree. And um, we, I know we get the trainings in the schools. With the, um, that's one of the first trainings we get at the beginning of the school year um, with mm-hmm. the counselors. But I noticed that um, oftentimes we don't, well, maybe they don't talk to us about it, but at church I don't see where they actually, you know, hold anything. I know they do background checks for people working with um, the youth, Um, but does your organization also um, reach out to churches as well to do um, trainings as they are starting their church or or as they are transitioning um, and just refreshing um, even their members? Because I think even the members, um, especially those that may not have been abused, um, mm-hmm. They may not kind of see or recognize different signs, but, you know, for me being a teacher working in the youth department, it's different from somebody who doesn't get that training. Yes, and that's such a great question. I appreciate you asking that. Churches, if you think about it, 
Uh, I believe the church, the average, the percentage of churches is like 2% who actually talk about um, prevention uh, and awareness and resources of, about child, child abuse and sex trafficking. So you have a concentration of people who could be uh, taught every Sunday or at least a couple of Sundays a, a year uh, about it. And the, the few times that I did go to church when I was being abused, I was in the pews and no one recognized that I was being abused. And, um, but if someone would have had the training, I think they would have seen it. Uh, also, if, if somebody would have said earlier in the church or somewhere that, um, sex, you know, that an adult should not try to have sex with a child, then even if, then I would have probably tried to stop it sooner. Because I was being told and taught and groomed by my abuser that as a girl, this was what I was supposed to do to satisfy him, uh, satisfy men. And so I thought all girls had to do what I was, had to do. Well, well if, if someone had just said something sooner, I actually had to catch it on Quincy MD. I don't know if anybody, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dating myself right now, but Quincy M.D., you know, he was a um, forensic scientist who had a show, an episode about a girl who got impregnated by her father. And, you know, that's when I knew, oh, my gosh, that's illegal. You know, I knew something was wrong. I knew that what he was doing to me wasn't right, but I had no evidence. But just think if we could go into the churches, and even going into the schools because, and to teach our, because uh, I know you as teachers, I don't have a lot of time. Um, your curriculum is jam-packed with, you know, the subject matter to, to help them to, you know, get into college and things like that. But there's not a lot of teaching for elementary school kids on up. And if you think, and also think about it, we're looking at kids who are in elementary school who are being trafficked through, even from the, through their parents um, being um, abused by their caregivers, uh, if they have the um, the training and the resources, then maybe more can be prevented. More abuse incidents can be prevented. So I'm a big proponent of that. And yes, we do go into churches. We would love, love, love to get into the churches and the schools so that we can teach, uh, train. And, um, and even help people start their healing journey uh, through that. Some people are even a, being abused in the church. And, you know, uh, I have a, a talk show, uh, and we're going to be talking about that on Tuesday night, um, where there is, you know, people who are being abused and trafficked right out of churches. So if we... Can, as more, the more people we can teach and reach about this information, the more they are empowered, the more um, uh, as, as either a survivor or someone who's going through it at that time or someone who may have witnessed something, they are empowered to do something about it. Hey, man, I, I totally agree. And um, I, I just thank God for your ministry and um, those that are working with you as well and um, and you know that I will be reaching out to you more with um, my new novel Hannah's Hope um, because I I believe God wants me to really begin to help in that area as well um, and yeah. finding myself juggling <laughs> 
some um, <laughs> areas, but um, it is so needed because um, I just believe from a, a middle grade um, standpoint that there are a lot of young people that are at risk or even they mm -hmm. it's happening and they're not talking about it and um and we see I can see some of the signs and we report it but it's like it affects their whole life. Um they yeah. can't focus on an assessment if they're thinking about going home to whoever is mm -hmm. um, bothering them and, and things like that. And so I think it just it really, really needs to um it needs to be more eyes to um to enhance to assist in in that area because it, it is so um needed and also with our male male boys as well just oh, yeah. helping them to um i believe that's why some of them are so aggressive um mm -hmm. and 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 with dad not being in the home and things like that with some of them it's it's hard in, in seeing the parents, mom, and, um, you know, whoever their guardian is working so much, and they're mm -hmm. left to themselves or left with so-and-so. And, -so. and um, I just believe it is so needed. So thank you for um, your ministry. And um, like I said, I'll be reaching out more as well. Um, also, I wanted to ask, what are you, I know you have Irene, an um, awesome, awesome book. Um, for those that are listening, please, please grab a copy um, of Irene. It will bless you. Um, what's the next project that you're working on um, and releasing? Well, um, I'm delayed. Uh, I have another book that I'm working on, and um, and it's uh it's, it was supposed to be released in the fall, but we, 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 there was, we had that hurricane. That hurricane had us delay um, Uriah's book release, and then it, it kind of domino affected uh, my book. And so um, I'm hoping to release that book uh, uh, this, sometime this year, and I'm not going to put a date on it because there are, there, it, you know, it's, um, uh, but it's going to be this this half of the um, the year, you know, maybe maybe some something around um, July is, uh, you know, give me enough time to do that. But that uh, I am re releasing another book, and I'm also we have our prevention works with which is launching, and we're doing our uh, major launch. We have right now two countries, India and Australia, who is getting on board. And we have uh, five uh, cities who have asked us to come in so that they can open up the, um, the affiliate offices there. And so that is what is going on. I'm also, I was invited by the senator to, uh, by a senator here in Georgia to come out on Tuesday to speak at the United Nations um, event on uh, preventing self Sex trafficking and teaching the uh, or teaching the uh, community. So a lot of, of things going on legislatively and um, with the book, and then with the launching um, as of of our um, of the prevention works. I'm also I also uh, own a travel agency, so we um, launch we're launching that as well at the same time to help those who are disabled 
um, to, you know, to travel. And we're just not looking for those who are disabled, but anybody to, tra uh, to, to travel. But it's, uh, we, we're trying to help those who uh, have, uh, you know, disabilities and unable to, to really go out and see the world, as, uh, as you know, but not maybe some of your listeners, that I have a, a mobile disability as well. And so, um, and encouraging people to uh, continue to live and thrive um, for their lives. And I forgot to tell you what the name of my next book is, and it's, um, it's called Thriveology, and it's uh, basically um, the study of thriving. And um, so that's what will be released next. I also forgot to mention for those who have children who might want to write a book, um, it is not something that is... Um, impossible. I know some, it might feel like it and sound like it, but if you have a child who, who wants to write a book, it is definitely very doable and, um, and, and continue to encourage them to go ahead and write and um, pick up some of their favorite books and so that you can see the elements that they have in there. When my son came to us and said, I want to write a book about uh, what I just did, which was his um, Bag of Hope project, he um, he just sat down and said, okay, we're just going to talk about what I did and how I did it, and um, and, and you know, and I helped, we helped him to put those things down on paper. So I wanted to make sure, I, and I don't think I mentioned that, so I wanted to make sure I said that as well. So um, so that's it. That's, you know, it's, I say that's it. It's a lot, but, uh, but that's all that I'm, uh, you know, have on my plate for the next uh, three to six months. Amen, and thank you for sharing. Um, can you um, give your website address, your email address for the listeners? Yes, yes. My website is www.wealthmngt.com. Dot org. So that's um, Mary, Nancy, God, Trouble, T, um, dot org. I also am on Facebook and Instagram. Now, on Instagram, it's the Irene Blog Talk. On um, Same thing with Twitter. And then on Facebook, it is Prevention Works Joint Task Force and Coalition. And uh, also, you can look up the, my personal things that I'm doing is uh, under www.anniebellministries.com. Um, and for those who might, um, you know, need to email me, you are able to do so through anniebell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. Amen, and thank you for um, joining us once again, and um, many blessings to you and your family, and I'm going to go ahead and pray out. Okay. Thank you, Lord God, for this testimony. Thank you for this woman of God. Thank you for using her mightily, O oh God. Lord, your you. word declares that we be watchmen for you, O oh God. And we just thank you for um, Minister Ennebiel being a watchman, Lord God. For it, 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful 
your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for using her and um, you using her and her husband and her children, oh God, to help be visible visible for you oh god and watching and 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 um helping our community oh god even more as the enemy tries to seek whom he may devour lord we thank you oh god that you would cover our household oh god you would cover her family oh god as she continues to go forth oh god thank you that no weapon form shall prosper oh god and every tongue that rises shall be condemned lord we thank you and we glorify your name oh god and we say um bless you oh god and we thank you oh god we magnify you and we thank you for who you are and oh god all that you are doing in each and every one of us oh god we thank you and we praise you in jesus name amen amen i pray i pray many blessings upon you as well uh my sister and thank you so much for allowing me to uh to come on your show Amen. Amen. Thank you. And to my listeners, continue to be blessed in hope in Christ.